Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official Gleaned podcast, part of Gleaning Mission Church, and this is our first official podcast. So we're happy to have with us our founding and senior pastor, Steve Barbie, uh, which happens to be my, my pops, we'll call him. Uh, we also have Josh back here in the back doing all the audio, video, and switching cameras. But, uh, and I myself, Wesley Barbie, uh, but we're glad to have you with us. And we want to start the first one off with just giving a little background of who we are and how we got here and uh, just the story of my pop's life and how God changed his life almost 50 years ago. And I know that it will bless you, so just kick back, tune in, and we hope you'll be blessed by something that's shared tonight. So we're going to get started, and uh, Dad, it's good to have you with us. Glad you're here tonight. And uh, just wanted to start by, uh, I guess the first question is, and a lot of people tuning in may know, but if you, if you do know, you can post it in the comments, but we're going to let, let him share it anyway. When did you get saved? May the 27th, 1972, on a Saturday night in Westover Baptist Church, approximately 20 minutes after 8 o'clock. That's right. <laughs> he, he is, uh, for any of you that don't go here, uh, he pushes that uh, for as long as I can remember because that's one of the best days of your life is when you accept Christ. From that moment on, your life is changed forever. Uh, give us just a little bit of detail of what led up to that, the, the week. I think you were in a revival. Uh, just give us a little detail of what led up to that and how that did happen that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were having a revival in our church. And, of course, uh, you know, my, my mom and dad were good Christians, and they had uh, brought us up to go to church. And I've told people that uh, I don't ever remember a time in my life when I doubted there was a God. Uh, I could see it in my mom and dad's life, and uh, I, I just always, I didn't have any reason not to believe, you know. But, uh, you know, just believing in God don't save you. You right. have to do something with it. And uh, when I was about uh, 11 years old, uh, we were having a revival in the church at that time, and, uh, you know, I could have been saved then. I, I went up, and because I think there were uh, about eight or ten other young people went up at the same time, and uh, I was the only one left sitting there on the pew, so I didn't want to be left there by myself, and I went up, and, uh, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing, but I really wasn't under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But anyway, I, I went ahead and went up and prayed with the rest of them and all of that. And uh, it was about a year later uh, when I realized that I wasn't really born again. And uh, so the Spirit of God began to deal with me in that service. And, uh, you know, I... It's like the old devil, you know, got right there in my ear and was whispering and saying, well, well, if you go up now, what will people think? I mean, you know, you're a member of the church. Well, you've been baptized in water. 
if you go up now, what's people going to think? And uh, I don't know why, but it, it, it caused fear to, you know, to come upon me. And I, I don't know how to describe it other than it, it looked like everybody in the church, when I looked around, uh, was 15 feet tall. Women, men, children, and all was 15 feet tall. And I was standing back there, about, looked like I was about two inches tall. And I guess that fear just gripped me, and I let the devil talk me out of it, and I didn't go forward. And uh, for 12 and a half years, uh, I had no dealings of the Holy Spirit whatsoever. You know, the Bible says that God will not always strive with a man. And so for 12 and a half years, I had no conviction, no dealings uh, whatsoever from the Holy Spirit. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, by that time I uh, was inducted into the armed services and went to Vietnam and come back home. And, uh, you know, uh, my wife and I, we, of course, she was just my girlfriend then, <laughs> but we got married and... Uh, you know, at 19 years of age, she rededicated her life to the Lord. And uh, so, I mean, I believed in that. I, you know, I was all for it and happy for her. And, uh, of course, uh, she began to pray for me, for my salvation. And, of course, I know my mom and dad was and other members of the church as well were praying that, uh, you know, I would be saved. And I was rapidly becoming an alcoholic. Uh, and I guess you could say I already was. I just hadn't in, attended any meetings yet, uh, you know. But, uh, you know, the Spirit of God began to deal with me, and we were having a revival at the church again. And uh, I remember the, the, pastor, the preacher at that time was an evangelist, Hasty Fur. I never forget him, you know, as long as I live. But uh, anyway, uh, he was preaching, and, uh, you know, uh, the Spirit of God was dealing with me all that week. I'd went a few nights that week to the revival, and uh, I, I wanted to be saved, but, you know, it's hard to explain sometimes why you don't just go ahead and accept Christ, you know. But uh, during that week, several people had come back and got me by the hand, led me up front, had me to say the sinner's prayer. And they'd say, well, now you're saved, aren't you? And I'd say, no. And they'd say, well, why? I, I said, I don't know. But I believe if I was, I'd know it. And uh, so even on Friday night, my dad came back and got me and took me up front and had me to say the sinner's prayer. And uh, he said, well, you're saved now, aren't you? I said, no, Dad. Uh, he said, what do you mean, no? I said, well, all I know is I believe if I was saved, I'd know it. Right. And uh, so then on Saturday, uh, you know, I worked a half a day at my job. And the whole time, you know, God was dealing with me during that morning. And uh, about 11 o'clock, you know, the, uh, it's like the old devil come again and said, well, you know, when you get off from work, you stop out at the 
store and get you something to drink and you know you'll feel better uh, but instead of making me feel better I felt worse and when I got home I told my wife I didn't feel good I was going to lay down and I tossed and turned and for maybe a couple hours and finally I think I drifted off to sleep and when I w uh, awakened uh, you know it was about five o'clock and my wife had uh, uh, my, you know our supper ready and uh, you know it was uh, the one thing I can say about uh, my wife and uh, you know I love her with all my heart still after all these years but uh, she never nagged me she never fussed at me for not going to church and uh, you know for how I was doing uh, and so, you know, that might be uh, something for somebody, you know, if you have a mate, a husband or a wife that don't know Jesus and they're doing things that, you know, you're, you're not approving of, uh, don't, don't nag them about it. Don't, don't try to, you know, fuss at them to, thinking you're going to make, make them change their mind because that, that'll drive them further away from God. But anyway, uh, that night, I, you know, I was sitting there at the supper table and uh, I was kind of picking at my food. And uh, my wife said, said, well, I know you don't feel good, and, but if you don't care, I, I want to go. And I, you know, of course, I didn't care. Uh, I said, yeah, you, you go on and, and I'll be all right. And, uh, but while she went on and was getting herself ready for church uh, I was uh, just sitting there thinking and uh, I know uh, you know people will say well you know if you don't accept Christ you you may not get another chance but you know people will say well you don't know that for sure but I felt in my heart I felt like if I don't make it this time see I had an opportunity Mm -hmm. when I was about 12 years of age, and I rejected it. I turned it down. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt like in my heart, well, you know, if I don't make it now, I may not ever make it. Right. And uh, the Spirit of God, like I said, was dealing with me, and uh, I thought, well, you know, this is the last night of the revival, and maybe this might just be my night. And so I went in, I started getting ready, and she said, oh, you don't have to go. I know you don't feel good. You stay here and rest. I said, no, I said, I, I want to go. And she said, well, okay. And so, you know, got ready, and we went on to church, and I really couldn't tell you what the preacher was preaching because the whole time I'm sitting there, the Spirit of God is dealing with me. And... Uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I didn't think the preacher was ever going to hush and give an <laughs> altar call uh, because I, I knew I had to make that move. I had to do something. And, uh, you know, of course, when he finished his message and gave the altar call, uh, my wife, I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, you want me to go with you? And I said, no, I said, I've, this is something I've got to do on my own. And uh, so when I took a half a step, 
out from that pew, uh, the glory of God came upon me. And I, I don't remember walking down to the front. I don't remember, you know, seeing the preacher. It just, when I come to myself and realized what I had done, I had the preacher around the knees weeping in the altar, but I was born again. Amen. Praise God. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, I, I made that decision to, to go ahead because th I thought, you know, this might be my last opportunity. Right. And uh, because the way I was drinking, uh, if I hadn't have done it then, I don't know that I would even be alive today. But the moment I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, I was delivered of alcohol. And this May the 27th will be 50 years ago, a half a century Praise ago God. that I accepted Christ. And uh, he immediately took that desire to drink. I never had no withdrawals, no uh, DTs or anything. God just completely washed me clean from my sin and set me free from the power of that addiction. And, uh, you know, I've been free ever since, and I praise God for that. Amen. One thing I wanted to backtrack just a little bit and touch on is a lot of people will say or feel, especially it seems like men, uh, maybe it's a pride thing, I'm not sure, but a lot of people will feel like, well, I want to get saved, I want to serve God, but I need to straighten up first. Did At any point, did you slow down being a sinner, or was you the same sinner that Saturday night that he saved you that you was a month before that or a year before that? Yeah, I was, uh, I was the same. The, <clears throat> you know, I thought, well, if I could, uh, you know, be better, not drink as much, or if I wouldn't cuss so much, you know, that I'd clean myself up, uh, then maybe God would accept me, you know. But uh, I can tell you right now, you, you'll you never uh, clean yourself up. No. On, only the blood of Jesus can do that. And, yeah, but when I was sitting there in that church on that Saturday night, I was still a sinner under conviction right. by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was wooing me and drawing me. And uh, that's why I said I... I couldn't remember a thing the preacher preached that night. All I knew was that the Spirit of God was speaking to my heart, telling me to come, come. You know, this mm -hmm. is what you need, come. And I, I had thought to myself, you know, Lord, I've tried. I've tried to do better. I've tried not to drink as much. I've tried not to uh, cuss as much. I've tried not to sin as much. But... Uh, I could the more harder I tried, seemed like the worse I got. Right, and so, so it was just the, that complete and total surrender of my life. God, here I am. If you can do anything for me, you take me and use me. Do whatever you will with my life. Amen. Hey, <laughs> I had a quick question. You know, I heard him say that he had the the years, um, the twelve years there or so before he accepted. Sort of what was, you know, your hearts, what were you going through there that just really didn't make you, or beyond the Holy Spirit, 
guiding you, but what do you think that happened in between that that just really didn't prompt you to to surrender everything? Well, I I don't know. It, it's in the, you know it's like uh, the Bible says. You know that God will uh, His Spirit will not always strive with man. Uh, I had no no feeling. I mean of. Uh, I mean, when, you know, I, I could see people hurt or anything like, and when uh, my, I remember when my uh, grandpa passed away, and he and I were real close. I mean, I grew, when I grew up, uh, you know, I, in the summertime when school was out, I stayed with him and grandma more than I stayed at home. Right. And I was sorry that my grandpa had passed away, but. I, it's like I didn't have any feeling. It, mm -hmm. It's like I was just, I was dead inside. I had had no feeling at all. And it, it wasn't that I didn't care. <laughs> I, it's just hard to explain. It's just like I'm dead inside and I, I just, I just didn't, didn't have anything, you know. And uh, I know it was because, uh, you know, there's mom and dad was praying for me. Uh, the church was praying for me, and my wife was praying for me because, like I said, she was saved when she was five years of age, and uh, at 19, she rededicated her life to God, and and I was all for that. I mean, I believed in it, and uh, so I, the only way I know uh, how to answer your question, Josh, is that uh, during that 12 and a half years, uh, I, I was just dead inside. I, just nothing moved me. I mean, uh, and I, I believed in God. Uh, if I would, you know, be off with people drinking and doing all those kind of things, if some, I don't know why it is, but it seemed like when you get a bunch of drunks together, religion always comes up. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, and somebody will say something about, uh, you know, church or uh, not and you know if they'd say they didn't believe in God or they didn't believe in heaven or hell, I'd cuss them out, <laughs> tell them how stupid they was for not believing. Right. And I'm just as lost as they are. Right. But I believed in God, and uh, so that's why uh, you know it's it's not enough just to believe in God. You've got to receive Him, to accept Him, and. Uh, as your personal savior, and and you know that's that's the only way. Romans uh, chapter ten, verse nine and ten, he said, uh, "If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved." That's right. There, there ain't no good works, or you can't get good enough to be saved. Uh, and it says it uh, in Ephesians chapter two. Uh, verses 9 and 10, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there's no good works that we can do to merit God's free gift. Uh, all you can do about a gift is receive it. Right. You A gift is given not because somebody has deserved it or right. earned it, you give a, somebody a gift because you love them and you appreciate them. And uh, that's the way God is. He 
gives us, offers us that gift of salvation through his son Jesus by his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, unless you believe in that, that's why he said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, what you, you confess him as your Lord and Savior. You know, you're sorry for your sin. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. Now I accept you, and I want you to be in me and live in me, and, uh, and I will serve you the rest of my life. And uh, you, you have to make that move, that confession of faith, because there's no works that you can do to earn it, to merit right. it. It's a free gift, and all you can do is just receive it. Right. That's where I think, you know, with what I was talking about and when I posed that question to you, and a lot of people think they, they need to clean up before they can get saved, but the Bible also says that no man can come to the Father lest the Spirit draw them. It, you can't get to a certain status and then, oh, the Holy Spirit, well, I'm going to draw him now. He takes you just the way you are, yeah. all your hang-ups, all the ugly, all the good, even that. He takes all of that. He don't look at a certain, well, you get to this point and you clean this up and don't cuss as much. And I think like you, the harder I tried, the worse I got because I'm tried in my flesh, but when you just give yourself the way you are to Jesus, then he cleans you up, and, and he takes those things away from you. Um, I, I just feel led in my spirit maybe right quick. Uh, let's just let's give a, a call if there's anybody watching right now, and you can lead them. If there's anybody watching right now and you feel like the spirit is drawing you, you feel that conviction coming through this podcast uh, that you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. I promise you it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Um, but maybe you feel like you need to do a few more things before God will accept you. He takes you just the way you are. Yeah. And if you feel that right now, that tugging in your heart, uh, just we're going to ask our pastor to, to just lead us in that simple prayer of salvation. Go ahead. Yeah. I want to just say this before we pray. You know, John 3.16 is probably one of the first scriptures as a child, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that we learn. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So that word world there in the Greek is cosmos, which means mankind. Right. So we all are mankind because God created us. And uh, so you could insert your name there. It just, I, th I thought of this years ago. In other words, for God so loved Steve, for God so loved West, for God so loved Josh, and whatever your name is, you can put your name there. Right. For God so loved, and whatever your name is, that he gave his only begotten son, and that whosoever, you know, believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And uh, I don't believe that's changing the scriptures. That's not adding to it or taking away from it. You just simply know that God loves you just the way you right. are. 
and you have to come to him just as you are. There's nothing you can do to, uh, you know, clean yourself up, better yourself. Uh, you, you, might, you know, it's just like a, a hog. <laughs> this might not be a, the best <laughs> example, but, you know, you can take a hog and wash them and clean them up and uh, carry them, put a ribbon around their neck and carry them to the fair, you know, and they may look good, but they're still just an old hog because when you turn them back into the fence right. or wherever you keep them, they're going to waller in the mud again. Right. But Jesus, when he comes into your heart, he changes you from the inside out. And so that you believe in God, you believe that Jesus came and he died on the cross for your sin. I believe this. If you were the only one that ever needed a Savior, he would have done the exact same thing just for you. Amen. He loves you. God loves you. And that's why he sent his son. And then verse 17, after John 3, 16, verse 17 says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, that is you, might be saved. So God never brings condemnation. He's not condemning you for the sin in your life. He will bring conviction and draw you to him, but he will never condemn you and push you away. And that's the glorious thing about the free gift of salvation. You just accept the truth of God's word and say, I believe in God, I believe he sent his son, and I receive him as my savior. And so I just wanted to share that little bit with you to encourage. All you have to do is just say, Jesus, my life's a mess, and I want to receive him as my savior. And then right now, where you, right where you're watching from, you pray this prayer after me. Say, dear God, I'm into my heart. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died on the cross and shed his blood for my sin and was buried and rose again the third day. I confess him now as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you, come into my heart. Come into my life right now and make me a new person. And I receive you now by faith and I thank you for saving me. And I will live for you and I will serve you the rest of my life. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer right now, Jesus came into your heart and you're a new person in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, I pray also right now that the Holy Spirit seal you for eternity. And then on that day when we stand before him, that there will not be one person missing. And oh, what a glorious thing that is. You are a new person. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. And we will be with Jesus forever and ever and ever. Praise God. Praise God. And if you <laughs> said that prayer, uh, get you can message us or put it in the comments that you accepted Jesus or even rededicated your life. Uh, if you've been saved and for some reason got away from God, you can pray that prayer again and rededicate your life to him. But let us know. We want to reach out to you. We want to be a support to you and a help uh, to help you grow in the things of God. 
So congratulations to anyone that accepted Jesus. I promise you, your life will be changed from this day forward. Amen. Praise God. Now, moving forward, you, you got saved. And what began to happen from that Saturday on over the next few months uh, that God, as you begin to grow in God's word? Uh, there were some, uh, you know, people in the church, of course, I was instantly uh, hungry right. to know God's word. I, I, I had just, I, all I know is I, I just had an insatiable desire to know God and to know his word, to know Jesus. I mean, I knew the Bible stories, the Sunday school stories. Mm -hmm. I'd heard about him and, uh, you know, that our Sunday school teachers taught. I knew about those stories, but, I mean, I, I want to know him for me. You right. Know? You say, well, it, when he, you said well, you were saved, you didn't know him. Yeah, I knew he was my Savior, but I'm talking about I wanted to have a personal, intimate relationship with him for myself. Right. I knew what he did to the Apostle Paul, mm -hmm. you know, on the road to Damascus. I knew how he called Peter and James and John and Andrew and Simon and all of the all of them, you know. But I, I wanted to know him intimately for myself. Right. And so uh, I just, I couldn't get enough of God's word. And uh, I would study at night after uh, my wife and you <laughs> kids, you two boys would go to bed. Uh, you know, well, actually, I was saved before y'all, uh, you know, was born. But uh, uh, when everything would get quiet at night, I, I would sit up sometime to 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning studying God's Word, reading God's Word. And, uh, you know, I, th there was a, we started having a prayer meeting in a home over near the church on Saturday nights. And, uh, uh you know, we, that's where I, uh, about six months after I was born again, over in the month of November, uh, you know, I, somebody had told me, said, what you need now is the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm, you know, I'm like the disciples that Paul found in the, the Ephesus, you know. And he said, uh, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Right. And they were, they said, well, we didn't even know if there was a Holy Spirit. Right. And see, I didn't either. All I know was I'm saved. That's mm -hmm. all. And thank God I knew that. I knew I'm saved. But I, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And he said, under what were you baptized then? And they said, unto John's baptism. And uh, so he said, he prayed for them then. And, uh, you know, but the, you see what happened? In such a short period of time, approximately 20 years from the time Jesus rose from the dead and uh, went to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, from that time until Acts chapter 19, approximately 20 years had passed, and they didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Right. But John taught them, Matthew chapter 3 and Luke chapter 3, it said they were asking him, are you the Messiah or should we look for another? 
And he said, no, there's one mightier than I am mm -hmm. coming after me whose shoe latch I'm not worthy to unloose. He it is that shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. And I, I thought, you know, they tried to explain it to me. And uh, it seemed like the more they tried to explain to me, the more confused I got. But I said, just wait a minute. I said, I just want to ask one question. I said, did Jesus have anything to do with it? <laughs> because I knew how he had saved me. I mean, th this, this is not a game. I'm, I'm telling right. you, it, it's not a, a, in other words, it's not a, a, what you call a brainwashing somebody. Of course, we need our brainwashed. We need to renew our thinking to the word of God, I understand that. But, uh, you know, I, I knew that if Jesus, how he saved me, and my life was transformed instantly and delivered me from alcohol, and I, for the first time in my life, I felt clean on the inside. I felt alive. Mm -hmm. Well, I was alive. The life of God had come on the inside of me. And uh, so... I said, if I said, has Jesus got anything to do with this? They said, Oh yes, said he's the one that'll baptize you. I said, Well, I'll take it then. <laughs> and so I still didn't know how to receive it because, you know, we were not taught how to do that. And uh we uh, you know, there was a four square uh minister from Charlotte, North Carolina, Tim Kelton. I, I don't know if he's still living the day or not. But I, I thank God for him. He came to our prayer meeting on a Saturday night and uh, shared about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I had tried everything. I, uh, you know, I heard somebody say, "Just open your mouth and God will fill it." <coughs> and uh, so, so I'd walk around with my mouth open. I'm, I'm <laughs> thankful that no flock of birds didn't fly over, you know. But, but uh, nothing happened, and. Uh, then I heard somebody said, well, they got it when they was in the shower singing. So I got in the shower and sung. All I got was a mouthful of water. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I, I read a story about this woman that, uh, you know, her husband didn't like her going to church and so much and, you know, talking about uh, Jesus and all. Uh, so sometimes at night when he'd go off to sleep, She'd slip out of bed and go into the kitchen and open the oven lid. Well, when did you do that, a light comes on in the oven. And she would open her Bible there on the oven lid, uh, and she was there praying, and, and she was seeking the Holy, and the Holy Spirit baptized her. You know, mm -hmm. she was baptized, and Jesus did, baptized her in the Holy Spirit. So you know what I done? I got, <laughs> got up. All the lights was out. Everybody was in the bed and uh, went in the kitchen, opened the oven lid, and the light come on. I opened my Bible up on that lid. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm ready. But I never got anything, you know. I, I thought, Lord, I, I don't understand. I, I want it, but I don't, I don't know what to do. And uh, I got desperate. And I tell you, when you get desperate, you'll do just about anything. Right. And uh, I thought, and uh, you, 
the little house we lived in down in the country had a circle drive, and this was on a Saturday. And uh, it was almost time to go to the prayer meeting, and I walked uh, around the circle drive all the way down to the road and started back towards the house, and I stopped right there where the circle drive turned and went and then come around and it met there. And I, I just looked up, I said, I said, God, I said, I want the Holy Spirit. I, I mean, he was in me, but in the measure of the new right. birth, you know, the Holy Spirit comes in at the new birth when you're born again. But to be empowered by the Holy Spirit is a totally different thing. You know, John chapter 4, Jesus talking to the woman at the well, he said, if you drink the water that I give you, it shall be in you a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Then in John chapter 7, it said that, uh, you know, that he would, when we receive the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it would be in us. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers. Right. There's a difference in a well and, and a, a river. river. Right. And he didn't just say river, singular. He said rivers of living water. And yet, even though that empowers your life and it blesses you, but it's more so that you can be a blessing to others, that empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Endowment of powers, it says in the 24th chapter of the book of Luke, the 48th verse. But uh, anyway... Uh, and, you know, I said, Lord, I, 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 I said, if you have to kill me, right. I said, go ahead and kill me. But before you strike me down, I got to have that Holy Ghost. That's <laughs> how death, I don't like to pray like that now. <laughs> you know, you might get the answer. You yeah. Know. Uh, but God knew my heart. He knew I was hungry. I was desperate for the Holy Spirit. I wanted to receive that endowment of power. And uh, I said, if you have to kill me, okay, I know I'm going to heaven, but before you take me, I've got to have that Holy Ghost. And so that's the way I had prayed. Now, I'm not advising y'all, any of you, <laughs> to pray that way, but that's just the way I pray. And so uh, when that uh, pastor, he's a pastor of a four-square church, he taught that night in our Bible study uh, on receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it seemed like all of a sudden my mind was opened up and a light, I could understand what he was talking about. And when he laid hands on me, there was, it seemed like a warmth came over me from the top of my head, flowed all the way down to my toes. And uh, you know how you, if you sat down and you fold your leg up under you and sit, for a while, it, it's uh, like your leg goes to mm -hmm. sleep, and, and then when you straighten it out and it, the blood starts flowing in again, how it feels like needles yeah. and pins are Tingles, freaking yeah. And uh, I felt that way all over. I, I felt like all over, pins and needles was pricking my skin, even my eyebrows. I mean, <laughs> I... I had, and uh, I was partially like like a leg that had gone to sleep, but was the blood flow was coming to it, and uh, but I, I just that that power it just came on me, and uh, I, I 
I don't know that I spoke in tongues at that moment, but uh, later on I did. You know, I received the gift of uh, the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues that go... In other words, receiving the Holy Spirit's not receiving tongues. Right. It's receiving the third person of the Godhead, right. that endowment of power. But tongues is just something that comes along with the package. An added benefit. Added benefit. That's right. Good. Um, when you got filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, how long after that was it before you got invited to the home group? Uh, with Melvin and Francis and kind of kind of talk about the foundation of how uh, Gleaning Mission Church was birthed and how it, it got started. Well, uh, let me go back just a little bit. Uh, I got filled with the Holy Ghost on that Saturday. They did something special about Saturday right. night for me, you know. Uh, I got saved on Saturday night, got filled with the Holy Ghost on Saturday night. But... Uh, then on uh, the following Monday at work, uh, I was at my t work table doing my job, and I heard somebody call my name, Steve. And I thought one of the guys that I worked with was calling me to help him do something. And I, I looked all around, and I don't see, there's nobody looking at my way, you know. And uh, I, I, th I looked all around, and I thought, well, I know I heard somebody call my name. And I said, well, I don't, nobody's paying me any attention. So I went back to work. And I don't know, it probably wasn't but a minute or so. I, I don't know, you know, sometimes in spiritual things you, you lose track of time. Right. You know, sometimes it could be an hour and you, and you think it's been 10 minutes mm -hmm. or something, you know. But, but anyway, I'm sure it wasn't a long period of time. And uh, the second time, I heard somebody call my name, Steve. And I again, I looked all around. I looked, there, no, nobody looking my way. I, I thought, well, I know I'm not losing my mind. I heard somebody call my name. That's how real it was. Right. And uh, we had big stacks of metal back over in the side there. I thought. They, I know there's somebody over there want me to help them move some metal because we, we would help one another do that. And so I went back over there, and I walked through those stacks of metal, and there's nobody back there. I come back out, and I looked all around again to make sure. Nobody's still not paying me a bit of attention. And I happen to remember the story of little uh, Samuel, mm -hmm. you know, in, in Sunday school. They taught us about little Samuel, you know, when he, his mama dedicated him to the Lord, you know, and took him to the prophet Eli. And uh, so God spoke to Samuel three times, and he thought, Sam, he thought Eli was calling him. And he went and said, uh, you know, you, you called me? And he said, no, I didn't call you. Go on back and go to sleep. So it happened to him that same way, you know. And each time he would say, you, Master, you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. Go on back and go to sleep. See, Eli was about half backslid at that time. Right. He wasn't right with God. But uh, the third time he realized when Samuel come to him, he said, well, God must be speaking to this child. And he said, go on back. And he said, if he calls you again, you say, here am I, Lord. 
and then whatever he tells you, you come tell me. So I thought, well, God, are you trying to speak to me? And, uh, I mean, it was uh, an audible voice to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if nobody else heard it. I'm sure they didn't. But it's an audible voice to me. I heard my name. And so I went back to my work. And then, again, it may have been only a minute or so, I heard it the third time, Steve. And I said, Lord, what is it? He said, I'm calling you to preach my gospel. Oh, I said, Lord, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I said, God, you, you got the wrong person. I can't. I can't get up in front of people. I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. And uh, I wrestled with it for about six months. And finally, I, I knew if I was ever going to be settled in my spirit, I had to accept that. And uh, so I... Finally, I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll preach the gospel. And then that's when we found out about uh, the other uh, group, prayer group that was on the other side of town. And they were meeting on uh, Saturday nights, you know. And so the two of us, we just kind of got together and, uh, you know, that's, uh, and there was a semi-retired Church of God minister that was conducting that prayer meeting. And uh, so he helped us get started. Uh, you know, God gave him a vision of the, uh, you know, that, uh, about the church, that he should start the church. And, uh, but they, they called me to, to pastor it, you know. And I, I thought, you know, well, I'd been a Christian about three years at that time. And I thought, I, I don't know nothing about pastoring a church. But anyway, they, they said they felt that uh, God was calling me to be the pastor, you know, of the church. And so I, I said, well, I said, uh, if y'all bear with me and put up with me, I said, we'll learn and grow together. And so that's how we got started. And uh, we met in the basement of uh, this couple's home for, uh, uh, you know, a while, uh, several months, and then finally we uh, rented the little JC building down on the St. Martin Road. And uh, for about three years, we met there. And, uh, and uh, we bought, uh, I believe it was uh, two, two acres of land or something there where the church is now here. And uh, we started, of course, the building. And uh, the first this was in 1977, and uh, the first service we held in the main sanctuary was the first Sunday in January of 1978, and so uh, that was when we came to this building, and uh, then the rest is history, <laughs> and we've been here ever since. Amen. You know? Amen. Well, we're getting close to our, our time limit. Uh, I don't know. We may we may pick back up on this. I think we we called this first one the story, but we may have a story part two uh, for next week uh, because I've grew up in this and I've heard heard these stories over and over and over again. Uh, sometimes I think maybe I can tell them almost as good as you, uh, <laughs> you know, because I've heard them so much. But every time I hear it, it does strengthen my faith. 
uh, and I don't get tired of hearing them because I know if God done something like that for you, then he'll do that for me, he'll do it and he'll do anybody. that for anybody that is watching, anybody that will call on the name of the Lord. They will be saved, and he can change your life, and he has a call for everyone. So listen, if, you, uh, if you've been blessed by this, just take a moment and like our uh, page, share it, let people know we're out here. Uh, and, you know, if you're in driving distance and you, we'd love to have you with us on Sunday mornings because we, uh, and that's, that's where I want to pick up next week, uh, our vision is seeing people's lives changed by the power of God. And I think maybe that'll be a, this is a good place to stop, and then we'll pick up with that next week. Uh, so you want to say any? Well, let, let me just share one thought before we uh, close. Uh, those of you out there, you know, I've known people through the years, and uh, they said, you know, I, I don't know what it is God wants me to do. What, I, I mean, I, I, what can I do? Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy, holy. calling? Right. Every single person. Now, listen, you, you need to listen to this because this is a life-changing word. Every person... God calls, it is a holy calling. Don't ever belittle what you're doing. What I have found through my own personal experience and in all these years, nearly 50 years of being in ministry, uh, is that God will use you in the area where you excel. Right. What you enjoy doing where you excel, and everybody don't have the same ability and the same gifting, but that God does give every single person a calling on their life, and it's holy. Mm -hmm. You might think, well, I, I've not done anything. Yet you're, whatever God has for you, it's holy. And it may be that you just witness the people on your job, or you... Uh, witness to people in the store where you buy groceries or any, anything like that or your next door neighbor or whatever. Uh, God, that is a holy calling. And don't ever belittle it. Don't, you, you may be the little toenail on the little toe and you think, well, I, I'm not that important. You walk through the house at night and stump your, stump your little toe on the a chair or table or something, your wife moved around or somebody rearranged, and you you see if it's important or not. <laughs> you hop, you grab a hold of that little toe, and you'll holler and go on and carry on, and you'll be a wanting that little toe to get over that herd mm -hmm. in a hurry. Yeah. You know? So I wanted you to understand that whatever God has called you to do, and he will use you in what you excel in, what you're good at. And uh, remember this. He said, he has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and his grace, which was given us in Christ. Now get this, before the foundation of the world. 
before God stepped out on the expanse of nothingness and said, light be, and light was, God knew you, right. and he already had a plan and a purpose mm -hmm. for your life. Yep. Just the same with you, mm -hmm. with Josh, with everybody. God already knew you. In his mind, he already had a plan and a purpose for your life. If you're watching this uh, tonight, God knew on this particular night, on this particular day, you would be here listening and watching and you're hearing what we're saying to you. And I'm telling you, what God has for you is good. God will never call you to do anything that he don't give you the grace and the ability to carry it out. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, God said, I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good and not evil, and to prosper you and to give you a bright a hope and a bright future. That's right. What God has planned for you is good. God has a good thing planned for you, and he has a bright future for your life. Just surrender to him and let him use you, and God will. You just say, God, here I am, use me. Get ready. If you mean that, God will use you, and you'll be amazed at what will happen through your life. Amen. Yeah, I think one of those statements I always like to hear was, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. That's right. It's just up to us to be open and willing to say, Lord, here am I, use me. Because trust me, even with me, uh, I, I never like getting up in front of a class. I never like speaking in front of people. Uh, and now, once I've surrendered to God, looking at the things I do, uh, it, it's only him. It's through the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And I just do whatever God wants. And when you surrender to God's will in your life, you will be the happiest and feel the most fulfilled in your life that you've ever felt before. Yeah. And it just continues to grow from that moment on. So I, I hope that this first uh, podcast, I hope something we've shared has blessed you. Uh, I know it has me. And I'm thankful that, you know, I was able to grow up in a, a godly home uh, with a mom and dad that served God, and I watched them not only at church but also at home live out what the Word of God says. And uh, if you do that same thing, it's real simple. Uh, God will bless you, and he'll bless your life. He'll bless everything that you put your hands to. But again, if you've been blessed by this, like it, share it, let people know on every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we're going to be going live, and we're going to be talking about topics of healing, uh, the book of Revelations and Daniel, end-time events versus current events, what's going on now, how they line up. We'll be talking about the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking with other tongues, the, all these different topics we're going to cover on the Gleaned podcast so again, on behalf of my father, myself, Josh, and Gleaning Mission Church, thank you so much, and God bless you. Woo!